Pay very close attention because this video might just save your life. No, really. If you're one of the 4 billion men in the world, you've got a prostate. And if you don't know what signs to look for, that humble organ can be a ticking time bomb for one of the most unpleasant yet common types of cancer out there. So you're probably wondering, what exactly is a prostate? Why can't you have sex without it? Where can you find it? And just what the heck does any of this have to do with walnuts? Derived from the Greek expression prostatis, meaning the one who stands before, the prostate itself is an unassuming gland about the size of a walnut. It can weigh around an ounce on average and is usually soft to the touch. Oh, that's another thing, despite it being located internally, it is entirely possible to feel the prostate gland. But if you're a little squeamish or just big on personal hygiene, you might not like exactly how that's accomplished. The prostate itself is found sitting deep within the pelvis alongside a clutch of several other organs that work on similar jobs. Think of it like a weird little office in your lower abdomen. Located directly above the bladder, a hollow organ held in place by various ligaments, as you probably already know, the function of the bladder is to store uh, liquid waste, otherwise known scientifically as urine. While functioning normally, the walls of the organ expand to store urine and will later contract, flattening the inside in order to empty the bladder through the urethra, which is a tube that carries waste out of the body. The urethra is roughly 20 centimeters long and runs all the way through the other organs to expel urine or bodily fluids, which we'll return to in a moment. Internally, a man's urethra also passes through their prostate, while the upper part of the prostate, called the base, rests against the lower neck of their bladder and the gland itself sits above the muscles of the pelvic floor. Much like those, the prostate is also home to smooth muscle fibers. Right behind the prostate is the rectum, and yes, right behind the prostate is the rectum. And yes, this is what we meant before about not liking the method involved in physically feeling the prostate. Given its location next to the rectum, where food and solid waste are stored at the end of the large intestine, it is possible to touch the prostate gland from within the rectum. Various branching ducts make up the prostate, and these flow into the urethra at the point where the tube passes through the gland. Remember that Greek phrase from before? Well, the one who stands before actually describes the position of the prostate, as it stands before the urethra reaches the bladder. So that's where you can find this walnut-sized gland. But what is it made of? It's not an actual walnut, right? Slow down there, this one's actually a pretty simple nut to crack. Actually, on second thought, that sounds painful. Poor analogy. Surrounding the prostate is a capsule made up of smooth muscle fibers, and there's also a similar number of muscle cells within the gland itself. There's also elastic connective tissue around it, which is why it can feel rubbery to the touch whenever a doctor performs an examination. The tissues of the prostate gland are divided into four different zones which surround the urethra. Think of it like an onion or an ogre. There are several layers around the center where the urethra passes through. Right in the middle of the muscle fibers and connective tissues is the transition zone, the inside of the prostate gland. This is the smallest of the four parts, accounting for only around 10% of it. The transition zone is the area that directly surrounds the upper third of the urethra as it passes from the bladder through the prostate. Around that transition zone is the central zone, which takes up about a quarter of the overall mass of the prostate. Then the peripheral zone surrounds that and makes up the main tissue mass of the prostate gland, around 70%. Okay, so it's a bit like an onion and a walnut. But what the heck does a prostate actually do? Is it another one of those weird useless organs like the appendix? Well, the prostate gland actually has multiple functions and being so close to key organs involved in the digestive, 
urinary and reproductive systems means that if it isn't operating the way it should, it can cause some major problems. The prostate has its own roles to play in both the urinary and reproductive systems, with one of the key functions being the production of fluid that makes up semen. Whoa, hold on now, I bet you thought that it was only the testes that did that. Well, that's partially true, the testes are what produce sperm cells. But isn't that the same thing as semen? Actually, no. Sperm is only one part of semen, making up around 5% of it. Around 20-30% to is produced in the prostate. This is called prostatic fluid, which combines with the aforementioned sperm cells from the testes, as well as other secretions released by a separate, much smaller gland below the prostate called the bulbourethral gland, which is usually the size of a pea. The seminal vesicle, which is located in the pelvis, also adds seminal fluid into the mix, and this accounts for about 50-65% to of what makes up semen. You might not have realized it, but semen isn't just a single substance, it's a concoction of various different bodily secretions that all mix together. Why? Well, it's all to allow sperm cells to travel. Think of it like a bus for those cells, but made out of liquid. The prostatic fluid makes semen an ideal substance for sperm cells to survive in, filled with zinc, citric acid, and enzymes, including one very important one called prostate-specific antigen. This helps make semen thinner and more fluid, allowing it to carry sperm down the urethra so it can make its journey toward the egg, where it can begin fertilization. Interestingly, prostatic fluid is slightly acidic, but the other compounds of semen make it alkaline to counteract the acidity of the vagina and protect sperm from damage. The combined liquid contains various enzymes, including the aforementioned prostate-specific antigen and a hormone-like substance known as spermine, which controls sperm cell motility. In other words, it helps the tadpoles swim upstream. These various fluids are then mixed together in the urethra, and this is what makes the prostate so important. Its function affects the release of sperm-laden semen, making it pivotal in male fertility. While this is undoubtedly the most important function of the prostate, aiding in the production of semen is not the only job that it has when it comes to reproduction. Remember how we said that the prostate has muscle fibers? Well, that's because the prostate isn't just responsible for producing fluids, but also forcefully pushing the resulting semen into the urethra and then expelling it outward. And that's how men experience ejaculation. The prostate's muscle cells contract and this squirts the prostatic fluid stored in the gland out and into the urethra. There it's mixed with all the sperm cells from the testes, as well as the seminal fluid from the seminal vesicles, causing all those different fluids to mix, combining as semen, which the body then releases during intercourse at the point of orgasm. Would you believe that those still aren't the only ways that the prostate contributes to reproduction? When the muscles contract during ejaculation, they aren't just combining all the various fluids into semen and pushing it out, but that same contraction also shuts off the opening between the bladder and the urethra pushing semen through it while making it anatomically impossible for a man to urinate and ejaculate at the same time. After all, that'd be embarrassing at best and pose a danger of infection at worst. Working in tandem, the bladder sphincter muscle also closes the portion of the urethra leading up to the bladder, which prevents semen from going the wrong way and entering the bladder. That covers how the prostate functions during reproduction, but this Swiss army knife of a body part still has a few different functions. With all it has to do, you might be wondering just what keeps that walnut going. Well, the prostate needs hormones, known as androgens, which include the likes of testosterone, in order for it to function correctly. Testosterone is produced by the Leydig cells located in testes in men. Women also produce their own testosterone from their ovaries, with small quantities also being produced by the adrenal glands. 
when testosterone encounters the prostate, an enzyme called 5-alpha reductase converts into a biologically active form known as dihydrotestosterone, which is needed in order for the prostate to develop and function normally. In a man, this is also what triggers the development of characteristics like facial hair during puberty. On top of all that, the contracting of the prostate can also close the seminal ducts during urination. Whenever someone with a prostate needs to relieve themselves, the muscles in their prostate's central zone will shut the prostate's ducts, so that liquid waste doesn't enter the parts of the prostate responsible for the production of prostatic fluid. Going back to the different areas of the prostate, did you know that it can experience changes in size as a man gets older? For the most part, this is entirely normal, with the gland undergoing two growth phases. The first of these takes place during puberty, when the prostate reaches its walnut size that we're so familiar with. The second phase occurs when a man reaches their mid-twenties, and from that point, it continues to grow throughout the remainder of their life. This further growth in old age can lead to problems caused by an enlarged prostate. Benign prostatic hyperplasia is the medical term given to this condition. As the word benign suggests, this isn't often harmful, although it can certainly lead to a fair share of problems. Given that the transition zone tissue is located close to the urethra, if this tissue presses the tube against the bladder, it can then cause issues when it comes to urinating. This is a common problem among older men, and someone with an enlarged prostate might experience the feeling of having a constantly full bladder even after they've urinated. Sometimes it can lead to experiencing a more frequent urge to pee, or it can even weaken or interrupt the stream during urination. Other symptoms can range from having to push or strain in order to relieve oneself or experiencing pain while urinating. Sometimes an enlarged prostate is completely asymptomatic. Often, those who do experience symptoms just chalk it up to them growing old. This can come from a place of embarrassment or even concern that the symptoms of benign prostatic hyperplasia might be indicators of worse prostate-related conditions. But having an enlarged prostate is in no way the same as having prostate cancer. And believe us, we've got a whole section on that coming up. That's the one that can seriously threaten your life. Benign prostatic hyperplasia also has no influence over the likelihood of developing prostate cancer. A person can experience both simultaneously, but while they can coexist, they are entirely separate conditions that require different treatments. One in four men aged between 50 and 60 have an enlarged prostate, with less than half of those aged 70 and up experiencing any symptoms. Nobody is exactly clear on what actually causes an enlarged prostate to develop. However, it could be that given the prostate requires testosterone to function and our bodies produce less as we get older, these changes in testosterone levels as we age could be the cause. However, there's also the possibility of cell changes, particularly in the testes, that may also lead to benign prostatic hyperplasia. Those who have had one or more of their testes removed do not develop the condition. Although a direct cause is yet to be determined, being severely overweight or having a family history of enlarged prostates may significantly increase the risk of developing such a problem. Fortunately, while an enlarged prostate can be uncomfortable and the symptoms won't disappear all on their own, it is a treatable condition. Making adjustments to one's diet can lead to the shrinking of an enlarged prostate. It's even been suggested that some natural remedies can also help, including soy, green tea, grass pollen, and saw palmetto. If that all sounds like alternative medicine, then take a look at China, where men have far higher quantities of soy in their diets than men living in the Western world. China has 56% fewer reported cases of benign prostatic hyperplasia than the United States. 
Green tea, which is also popular in China, is rich in antioxidant properties, which could potentially reduce the risk of another, far more dangerous prostate condition that we're about to get into. Beyond maintaining a healthier diet and a more active lifestyle, benign prostatic hyperplasia can also be treated through medication, as well as surgically removing a part of the prostate, or what are known as prostatic urethral lift implants. However, contrary to the popular misconception around it, not all treatments for an enlarged prostate affect libido. Some anti-testosterone drugs prescribed to help with the condition, such as finasteride, are linked to certain dysfunctions, but only in less than 10% of those using the medication. Despite not being a serious condition in and of itself, some of the symptoms of benign prostatic hyperplasia can become far worse over time and can even lead to more severe problems like a thickening of the bladder wall, urinary retention, severe bladder infections, and the possibility of kidney failure. While benign prostatic hyperplasia doesn't usually affect many people under 40, there is another condition relating to the prostate that can affect younger men. Prostatitis is the inflammation of the prostate gland, and approximately half of all adult men will at some point receive treatment for the condition. This might also not be the really deadly condition we mentioned, but prostatitis can cause intense pain during urination or ejaculation as well as feeling the urge to go more often. It can also lead to difficulty urinating or even cloudy or bloody urine, as well as further pain in the groin, abdomen, perineum, and privates. Bacterial prostatitis can occur when bacteria from the urine leaks into the prostate. In addition to the already nasty symptoms we mentioned, this can also manifest similarly to the flu. However, far more common is chronic prostatitis or chronic pelvic pain syndrome, which is not caused by bacteria. What does cause it? Well, worryingly, it's not actually known. Some researchers believe it could be caused by microorganisms, nerve damage to the pelvis where the prostate is, chemicals in the urine, or even the immune system responding to a urinary tract infection. Luckily, antibiotics are an effective treatment, at least for bacterial prostatitis. As is also the case with benign prostatic hyperplasia, there are medications that can make urination easier for patients with prostatitis. Anti-inflammatories can also be used to ease the pain it causes, but there is one perpetually concerning and ever-present danger to men relating to their prostates, and fair warning, it's not a pleasant topic. Prostate cancer After skin cancer, prostate cancer is the number one most common cancer among men in the United States. As well as being common, it's also highly deadly, being the second leading cause of cancer-related deaths after lung cancer. Remember when we said this video might just save your life? Well, listen closely. Prostate cancer develops when malignant tumors develop within the peripheral zone of the prostate. The cells that form the prostate cancer usually grow slowly, with some people living their entire lives totally unaware they ever had this form of cancer. Much like benign prostatic hyperplasia, the cancer largely affects men in their 50s and older, a large percentage of whom already develop some form of prostate enlargement. One in 25 patients in this demographic will die, but things are improving. With the aid of treatment, 8 out of 10 prostate cancer patients can now survive for longer than a decade. One of the most insidious things about it, however, is that prostate cancer can be hard to detect, sometimes not causing any symptoms at all. It doesn't always affect urination, especially in the earlier stages, so someone might not know they've developed prostate cancer until the disease has advanced. There isn't one proven reliable indicator that someone might have this form of cancer, especially as benign prostatic hyperplasia or prostatitis share many of the symptoms that not only affect the prostate but can occur alongside prostate cancer. 
This is important. If you experience any problems with urination, abdominal pain, or any of the symptoms mentioned in this video, then consult your doctor. It might feel like an embarrassing discussion to have with another person, but medical professionals are there to advise you. Chances are you might be fine, even if you're experiencing symptoms. There's no guarantee that they're linked to prostate cancer, but it is always much better to be safe than sorry. Often a doctor will recommend a specific type of blood test to rule out the possibility of prostate cancer. This is called a PSA test. Remember prostate-specific antigen, that important enzyme contained in the prostatic fluid? Well, some of the enzyme the prostate gland produces can end up in small amounts in a man's blood. This PSA test is designed to measure the level of that enzyme in their blood because a raised level of prostate-specific antigen can be a warning sign of the presence of prostate cancer. However, a high amount of prostate-specific antigen in the blood can be an indicator of other problems that aren't cancer-related. More often than not, patients with raised PSA levels will not have prostate cancer. Inversely, these levels can appear to be normal even when cancer is present. Hence why PSA tests aren't used more generally to screen for prostate cancer. The higher someone's PSA level, the greater the likelihood of cancer being present, but not a certainty that it is. There's a considerable genetic component to the development of prostate cancer. If a person's father, grandfather, uncles, or any other male relatives have had prostate cancer, then this can indicate a higher risk of a patient developing the disease. If any of a person's family members have developed prostate cancer, even a non-fatal case, then your doctor will need to know and will likely ask this if you report any worrying symptoms to them. Again, it's best to be safe as possible even if it turns out you don't have prostate cancer. Now that can be a lot to take in, and it's certainly an unsettling prospect for those of you who have prostates. But please try not to worry, having a prostate isn't a guarantee that you'll develop prostate cancer. You might be left wondering what you can do to prevent the likelihood of developing the disease. Well, the risk can certainly be reduced by maintaining a healthy prostate gland. How do you do that? Well, one way is to keep a balanced diet, eating plenty of fresh fruit and vegetables. It's important to note there isn't any proven link between particular foods and a reduced risk of prostate cancer. Some studies indicate that selenium, a mineral, can help combat cell damage, which could in turn lead to a lower risk. And before you start scouring your local pharmacy or health store for some in supplement form, don't worry, you don't have to look far to find sources of selenium. It can be found in foods like broccoli, Brazil nuts, asparagus, brown rice, and onions. And here's a pro tip, selenium works best when combined with vitamin E and zinc. Over in the Mediterranean, there's a much lower rate of prostate cancer cases and this is believed to have been the result of the local diet. The food there is rich in garlic, olive oil, fish, and tomatoes. Tomatoes especially contain a pigment called lycopene, which is not only what makes them bright red, but also is a powerful antioxidant that can repair damaged cells. And speaking of antioxidants, remember what we said earlier about green tea. There's also a link between obesity and developing cancer, and this includes prostate cancer. As much as it can take a lot of motivation and dedication, Maintaining a healthy weight just through eating a balanced diet and exercising regularly can reduce your risk of developing prostate cancer. Aim for two and a half hours a week of exercise that leaves you just a little out of breath. Even if at first you can't manage this, any small amount can make a difference to your health. Just gradually increase the time you spend doing it, and don't worry, nobody's expecting you to be in the gym 24 hours a day getting shredded until you have an 8-pack. In fact, if you're looking to lose weight, it's better to do so slowly, just a couple of pounds a week. Make small changes to your diet and they'll soon add up. It's another thing you can ask your doctor for advice on. 
Keeping active through the use of regular exercise can help balance out the body's hormone levels, which can not only prevent obesity and bolster the immune system, but it could also reduce the risk of many types of cancer, including prostate cancer. It's even still beneficial for men who have already been diagnosed with the disease and are actively receiving treatment. So those were just a few handfuls of weird facts about the prostate. Remember, don't be a bad nut, take care of your walnut. Now check out Man Grows Tumor with Teeth Inside Testicles, or watch this video instead.